0: Hi, everybody. My name is Shauna, and this is the American English Podcast. My goal here is to teach you the English spoken in the United States. Through common expressions, pronunciation tips, and interesting cultural snippets or stories, I hope to keep this fun, useful, and interesting. Let's do it. About three Christmases ago, Lucas and I showed up to my parents' house for our annual gift exchange and a Christmas party, and found a pineapple under the tree with a fancy golden envelope. In it was an invitation to Hawaii, or maybe I should say a voucher, for an all-paid vacation, round-trip tickets, lodging, and food. It was a very generous gift from my parents, one that they had been thinking about for over a decade. The truth is they've always wanted grandkids. And they've been bringing up the idea of bringing their kids and grandkids to the islands for what seems like forever. Just last week, after three years of COVID and new babies in the family, we finally went. And today I'm going to share a little bit about our trip and also previous trips to Hawaii. Trips, I say, plural, because there have been multiple. My parents love Hawaii so much that as a kid, it felt like it was the only place we ever traveled to. I can't complain though. There is so much to do and see on the islands. It's impossible to get island fever, at least as a tourist. Hopefully by the end of this chat, you'll get a good feeling of what it's like to visit the Hawaiian islands. If you would like to challenge yourself, I suggest writing down 10 facts you learn about our island state. Many Americans who I know that live on the West Coast consider Hawaii a sort of go-to vacation. I can deduce that it's probably because a lot of Americans, most Americans, have two weeks of paid vacation. And so Hawaii is reasonably close, but also because it's exotic, but not too exotic for people who aren't willing to step out of their comfort zone. There are stunning hotels and bed and breakfasts that line the pristine beaches, many have infinity pools that have bars inside of them. So when you want your extra famous pina colada, you just swim over, swipe your credit card or charge it to your room, and bam, you're sipping on paradise. (laughs) Uh, It's easy too, I mean, you don't need a visa. After all, it is a state in the United States. Hawaii was the last state, state number 50 added to the union. And that was on August 21st, 1959. So for that reason, English is spoken there. Hawaiian exists as well, uh, which is a Polynesian language. But all Hawaiians, even the natives, speak perfect English. I mean, given the number of tourists, I think it would be hard not to. Speaking of people who aren't willing to step out of their comfort zone... There are always restaurants nearby that serve familiar foods, from fresh fish to burgers and fries. But then again, the local favorites aren't too crazy for most people. I can think of five go tos that most people from the lower 48 and Alaska would be willing to try. For one, Spam Musabi. Spam is canned pork. And it became popular in Hawaii during World War II because it's a high protein source for its shelf life and because it's easy to ship. It's much easier to ship than beef or chicken that could go bad on an airplane. You can find it on most supermarket shelves throughout the United States. But the funny thing is, among many Americans, it's become sort of a joke I guess just the fact that it's a rectangular block of meat, sort of a mystery meat. Most people who try it, maybe fried with eggs or rice, or even in spam musabi, which is essentially like sushi where spam replaces the fish, well, they love it. And according to Spam's website, 7 million cans are sold to Hawaii each year. Food number two is acai. Acai is originally from the Amazon in Brazil. It's, well, an icy cold blend of berries and it's become very popular in Hawaii and is now grown there as well. So that's a nice breakfast food or snack, gives you a lot of energy and a lot of antioxidants. Number three, poke bowls, uh, which is a traditional Hawaiian dish with cubed Raw fish, rice, seaweed, other additives and sauces. Uh, The most common one is with tuna, so ahi or yellowfin. But people really go crazy with the poke bowls. And the entire time we were on our trip, we ate them. I think at least once a day. Shave ice. Uh, This is number four. And this kind of makes me crazy because I want to say shaved Ice, so with a D at the end, but Hawaiians say shave ice without a D. In any case, you can get that icy snack or dessert with different flavored syrups, condensed milk, sometimes with local fruit, guava, coconut, mango, passion fruit. They go a little bit more wild in Hawaii with shaved ice than they would in most places in the rest of the United States. And number five, Which once again is not traditional in other states. It's not common in other states, but Americans are willing to try it. And that is loco moco, which is white rice topped with a hamburger, a fried egg, and brown gravy. It's not really my cup of tea, but my brother had it for multiple breakfasts. There are a lot of other local favorites. I just mentioned a few here. The point is, even less adventurous Americans are willing to try some of these. Hawaii, or Hawaii, if you say it like the Hawaiians, is an archipelago out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It's surrounded by crystal clear blue water, colorful coral, fish, and marine life. The island chain is known for a number of things, But visually speaking, the rich tropical vegetation, cool-looking craters, and volcanic peaks make it a place that you won't forget. Hawaii has over 130 volcanoes. I'm not sure if you remember geography class and how islands are formed, but I'll spare you. It's how Hawaii was formed. Volcanoes. There are a total of 137 Hawaiian islands, which sounds crazy because if you look at a map, you'll think, "What? There are only like 7 or 8 or, you know, 10." <laughs> but there are of course different sized islands. The largest island is called Hawaii, and to avoid confusion, we just call it the Big Island, right? So I went to the Big Island, right? To the island called Hawaii. That's where you'll find two of the world's most active volcanoes, Mauna Loa and Kilauea. Mauna Loa being the largest volcano in the world, actually. And it's pretty cool. There's a lot of rough terrain surrounding it. So if you go hiking, which you can do there, it's recommended that you wear good hiking shoes. And you can actually hike up to the top. In wintertime, you might even see people skiing or snowboarding down those peaks, uh, which sounds wild, but it's true. And yeah, so if you want to go snowboarding on the side of an active volcano in Hawaii, you can do that. It's crazy. Also on the sides of Mauna Loa, there are coffee plantations, and it's where you can go to try the famous Kona coffee which is often described as light and fruity. It's actually one of the only places in the United States where coffee is grown, harvested, and roasted. So yeah, try that out. My all-time favorite is called an island latte, and it's made with Kona coffee, a hint of coconut, and macadamia nut. It's crack, people. <laughs> Fru-free drinks are the ones with a lot of whipped cream and extra additives and syrups and things aren't really my thing, but this is a must try. I'm going to mention three other islands just for you to get a good feel of what it's like to visit each one. Kauai, Maui, and Oahu. My family has been to all of them over the years. Uh, We actually had family living on the big island and in Oahu, and so we have a pretty good feeling of what the vibe is in each one. So I hope this will help you if you're trying to plan a trip or if you just want to practice your English and hear the different descriptive words and visual imagery that each of these islands offers. When I was a kid, I remember going to Kauai for the first time and being shocked by the flowers and smells while walking down the sidewalk. Hibiscus, plumerias, gardenias, birds of paradise, These are just a few of the flowers that you'll see and smell. There are a number of different plants that grow local to that island as well. And you don't see these regularly in the continental U.S. or the lower 48 states. It just makes the air smell so nice. Kauai, when you're there, can feel a little bit more rugged than if you go to some of the other islands. It's more remote. It feels like there's fewer tourists. Uh, if I were going on a honeymoon, I would consider going to Kauai or to Maui, which is the island where most of my friends and family go to. Maui is a great choice if you're into outdoor activities, such as hiking. It's actually said to be one of the best places to go whale watching. Usually around January or February, the hump back whale migrations pass through that area. That's usually where they'll breed, birth, and wean young baby whales. It's supposedly an incredible sight to see them. Once again, that's January or February. Although the season's a little bit longer, there's less of a chance to see them if you go in November or you know, late April. I've only been to Maui once, and since it was a pretty windy time when I was there, my parents have dubbed it the Windy Island. It's not necessarily windy. I think it was just that we got unlucky, and so I would not think of it as that. Um, If I went again, I would probably consider going to a partially submerged volcanic crater called Molokini to look at hundreds of colorful fish and sea turtles. It's one of the places that you might recognize if you have seen pictures of Hawaii before. It kind of looks like a giant C <laughs> in the water, like C, like the letter C, the shape of it, and it's just bizarre. It's really cool looking. I'll post a picture on my Instagram at American English Podcast. But yeah, after learning about sharks in the states episode number 108.2, I might be a little bit freaked out about being near sea turtles, given that there are a number of tiger sharks out in the waters, especially in Hawaii, and they love sea turtles. That's the one food they crave, apparently. But once again, shark attacks are so rare, so rare. I think if I remember correctly, it was like one in three point seven million. But, you know, I'm always thinking I'm going to be the unlucky one, that one in 3.7 million. Do you guys feel that way too? Anyway, let's move on. The last island I would like to speak about is Oahu, and that's where our most recent trip was to. Oahu is the most populated island in Hawaii and also the most visited. Some people are very opinionated about it and say, why would you go to Oahu? It's like being in New York City. But uh, there's a lot to do. And, you know, that's a matter of opinion if you think it's like New York City. So the capital, Honolulu, is there. And Waikiki is the area where you'll find a lot of high rises there are also lots of businesses, shopping, great restaurants. Then again, you also have the stunning beach right there. You have surf spots, a long walking path or running path that divides the beach and the nice hotels. We stayed at the Hilton Hawaiian Village, which is right at the very end of Waikiki Beach, and it's sort of a go-to for my parents. It's not Crazy, crazy expensive for what you get um, when you go there. And a lot of famous people have been there in the past, like Elvis Presley. It was Elvis Presley's go to as well. It's kind of funny inside of the hotel, there's a massive timeline of how Hawaii became what it is today, uh, which is fascinating. And I will be sure to tell in a future episode. But anyway, one whole section was dedicated to Elvis Presley, the king. They even had his hotel bills showing all of the cocktails he ordered, food he ate. Back then, he was spending a lot of money. And you can if you decide to stay next to Waikiki Beach. You don't really want to look at your hotel bill while you're there. Otherwise, you know, can be a little bit upsetting. We did meet a Canadian couple, though, while we were down at the beach They said they spent two months in Hawaii in an Airbnb and rented a car for day trips. And so it can be affordable. You have different options. Near the hotel we stayed at, there were a bunch of pools you could go in. Some had water slides you could go on. There was a lagoon, which was not very deep and crystal clear. We just sort of went from the lagoon to the beach and to the pool again in a rotation. Of course, with the kids napping in there. We went with my brother and my sister-in-law who have two little girls and are expecting their third little girl. And we have our two little girls as well. So it's going to be a little sorority the next time we go. I think we might wait, (laughs) wait to do another big trip like that um, just because Yeah, taking into consideration all of the nap times is just a little bit of a headache. But anyway, it was still wonderful. Lucas said that Waikiki was the best beach he's ever been to. The feeling of the sand, the temperature of the water, the fact that it wasn't crazy packed with people. Uh, Then again, this was November, which is not a typical month to go on trips other than home for Thanksgiving, of course. And we had a great time on our last day there. We decided to take a trip around the island. And this is where it gets interesting because there are so many different things you can do on Oahu. For one, the Dole plantation is really popular. Dole is a common type of pineapple in the US that you'll see at the grocery store. And they're known for being sweet and juicy. And their pineapple plantation is very popular to go to. You can see how the pineapples grow. How they're harvested. I realized it's not common knowledge to know how a pineapple grows. Does it grow on a tree? Does it grow on the ground, but above it? Or below the ground, like a potato? Think about it. Can you answer that question? (laughs) Anyway, you can also drive to a bay where you can snorkel above the coral. Hanama Bay is where we like to do that. You can also ride ATVs through where Jurassic Park was filmed. You could go ziplining with ocean views. You can go sailing. You can drive up to the North Shore at Pipeline. Maybe you can watch these insane surfers catching some waves year-round. But wintertime is really crazy. There's actually a live cam that you can find on the internet and just watch people like at this very moment surfing. My parents in the past took us to North Shore to go swimming. I don't know what they were thinking. And we got bashed about quite a bit. You can also go on a scenic hike to a tropical rainforest to see Waimea Falls. There are some natives who are cliff divers that do shows that are pretty cool. We are sitting down on the bench there at Waimea Falls, just enjoying the views. And Lucas looked back and noticed that the, the benches were dedicated to the park by Jack Johnson, Jack Johnson the singer, who also lives on Oahu. There are many ways that Native Hawaiian culture is celebrated on a daily basis on all of the islands. And one of the ways is through a luau, which is a traditional Hawaiian celebration with a feast They will usually roast a pig underground in banana leaves and eat the pork from it with pineapple and rice and such. Uh, That's called kalua pork. You'll see hula. You might see hula dancers wearing a lei, L-E-I, a flower necklace, grass skirts, and decorative tops. Hula is a traditional Hawaiian dance that tells a story through gestures. It's a soothing dance to watch. You'll see the drummers. Or singers harmonizing in Hawaiian playing the ukulele. It's beautiful to hear. And it's something that you could see every single day if you are in Hawaii. Right? There's always one happening. For the sake of this podcast, I decided to go to a concierge at the hotel and ask for some tips on things to do around the island. The woman asked me how many people were in my group. And I said, me, my husband, and our two daughters. Then she asked, how old are your daughters? I said, well, I have a one-year-old and an almost three-year-old. That's a ball of energy. And she was like, "Mm mm-hmm. And started flipping through a massive book full of options for us. I'm going to imitate her for you guys. I tried to record us both speaking, but... Inside the hotel, we were both required to wear masks. There was a little wall, glass wall between us, so the audio was sort of whack. So here we go. <laughs> zip lining, Hmm. With toddlers? No, can't do that. ATV riding? Hmm. No. Scuba diving? Uh, not really with toddlers, right? Hmm. Snorkeling? Can they swim? No? Okay. Well, maybe not. A sunset cruise with cocktails. Hmm, Maybe not. A three-hour trip in an underground submarine to look at an underwater shipwreck. What? That's crazy. Maybe not with toddlers, though. Pearl Harbor. That's cool. You can see the Arizona, a ship that is the tomb of over a thousand men who couldn't get out after being bombed during World War II. Hmm, maybe not really an activity for kids. Sailing, ooh, maybe not so much. You guys, it was a really funny conversation. This woman was trying to help me and basically led me to believe there's nothing to really do if you have two little kids other than hang out at the pool, play in the water, make sandcastles. But you know what? At the end of the day, that's also nice. There's nothing like kicking back, having a pina colada, and just taking it easy. Hang loose, as the Hawaiians say. On one of our last nights, my parents offered to watch our two little girls so that Lucas and I could have a date night. We decided to make a reservation for a traditional Hawaiian dinner with poos and a show. A pupu is an appetizer in Hawaiian, not what (laughs) you think it might be, and it's usually small portions of food. We ended up eating something called sea asparagus with raw fish. We had calamari, which is fried squid, some lobster gyoza, and some prosecco and rosé to wash it all down. Then to top it off at the very end of our meal, we had a massive slice of coconut cake. So we watched under the stars with the ocean in the background as three Hawaiian men harmonized on ukuleles. What struck me as strange, strange is not the right word, intriguing, captivating, a few people in the audience requested traditional songs and then got up on stage and performed. An elderly woman by herself performed hula. A young, handsome man danced all alone, very well to a song, and a girl who was about 12 years old decided to perform. These are people from the audience, all at different times, all by themselves, and they were all amazing. I couldn't help but wonder, do all Hawaiians know how to do one or two hula dances? Just because you're American doesn't mean you have the same childhood or the same culture as someone from a different state or even someone from a different city or neighborhood for that matter. So maybe Obama, who is also from Oahu, can break it down. Uh, It's funny. Last thing. On a tour of the island, there was the guy, the tour guide, and he pointed out Obama's apartment complex and then the Baskin Robbins where Obama former President Obama, used to scoop ice creams. All right, that's the end of this episode. I just wanted to remind you that if you are in California, tickets to Hawaii are not super expensive. Usually you can find some around $300 round trip. And remember, there are houses that you can rent. You don't need to stay by the ocean in a hotel. If you want to see what Hawaii looks like in different movies to feel more connected to the content you heard here, you can watch The Blue Hawaiian, one of the movies that made Elvis Presley so famous, Pearl Harbor, Jurassic Park, The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, Pirates of the Caribbean, two of the films were on Hawaii, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which I believe was filmed in Maui and fifty-first states, which regularly shows different areas of the island. So that's it for this episode. If you are interested in getting the transcript for this, be sure to sign up to the premium content, which you can access at AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. Hope you're having a nice day. Aloha and melikaliki maka. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the American English Podcast. Remember, it's my goal here to not only help you improve your listening comprehension, but to show you how to speak like someone from the States. If you want to receive the full transcript for this episode, or you just want to support this podcast, make sure to sign up to premium content on AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. Thanks and hope to see you soon.